There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am once again your host, Nick, and we are once again talking about the Twilight Zone, the Rod Serling famous show that he did for a few years so they kicked him off because he got angry and you know went off to do the uh whatever that other show he was rear window or what's that show called that he did outer limits uh, no and that's not out night uh, gallery oh night gallery. no <laughs> night gallery <laughs> you said outer limits oh <laughs> <laughs> well, they might we might get banned for this uh for saying that so then take uh, it out in, in post yeah. <laughs> Just, no i'm gonna leave it in shit fuck it it's staying in um, <laughs> we're doing it live <laughs> we're doing it live who do i have but to anyways, insult to get it off this uh, to get it off this episode i know exactly <laughs> I have to insult you to start get talking off? about <laughs> testicle trauma that's when it gets edited you know but well, see, so anyways. there was this dog toy and he kept repeatedly kicking a guy in the balls with it and it was really bad and then he shoved a tiny drill bit up his up his urethra and and had to try to whoa, pull it out whoa, with a, whoa, whoa. the uh, fish wire <laughs> <laughs> Mute, <laughs> Jesus Christ, woman. That even shocked Jacob, but Jacob never gets shocked by anything. Did I not tell you guys uh, a story? Um, I'm cringing and everything's getting real tight yeah. right now. So, if you'd like to listen to the audio form of this, you can find it on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and Audio Boom and what was that audio thing anchor that I put it on because it's free. Thank you, Anchor, for that until they start charging us for it. Uh, but we're here to, like I said, to talk Twilight Zone. Um, and uh, I have my usual uh, host to talk to about this. I think I would say a pretty interesting episode, to be fairly honest. I didn't think it was too bad. Um, but first, we have the man who refuses a no exit clause from the fifth dimension, Jacob of Jacob Anders Reviews. What's going on, Jacob? <laughs> Nothing much. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Not much. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I thought, I thought this episode was interesting. I mm. didn't, I didn't, I thought it was pretty good. That was pretty good. We'll, we'll, we'll but start is there. it as good as no exit? he's like no comment yes (laughs) i haven't reviewed that movie yet i don't want to put my thoughts out as of yet but um let's just let's say yes it's a whole lot better than that because that movie sucked Um, in my humble opinion great movie best movie ever so yeah (laughs) scoop (laughs) and then we have the the woman 50 or so people that'll watch (laughs) for the 50 or so people that'll watch scoop yeah watch my, my review anyway moving on um yeah but also we have the woman who saw the batman and misses the bat nibbles uh trip from trivial <laughs> theater what's going on trip actually i'm more of a bat ass person than i am a bat nipple person but i understand uh, i mean I, you never know you could like yeah. both and not one to admit to it <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair yeah. uh yeah can't complain doing okay so I'm currently well, I mean, clearly, balls deep and deep rising so <laughs> exactly but uh like yeah. they always say but really they're the worms eating andy circus's brain of my heart no that's the nicest thing you've <laughs> ever said 
<laughs> not sure how I feel about all day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about our relationship now, Nick. I I'm kind I of. Mean, you love eating Andy Circus, so I mean, hey, there you go. I love eating Andy Circus. I didn't realize I did. I appreciate you bringing it to I mean, my I'm attention. Take it there. Maybe he loves eating you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not opposed. You know, if he wanted to, I'd be like, hey, you know, are you, you know, are you... <laughs> he's a versatile guy. Yeah. Can I you know. do a breath mint first, but other than that, sure. Um, <laughs> say, so, I mean, I can rub. I can do it like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so back on topic, um, today we're talking about an episode that I don't remember, to be fairly at all, don't remember at all, and that of course is uh, season one, episode 26, um, it's called Execution, which I thought was going to be like an execution chair, I, I didn't know where this episode was going until I kind of thought about it as, you know, we'll talk about it, but it's directed by David Oric McDearman, written by Rod Serling. Uh, stars Albert Salami or Salami, Albert Salmi as Joe Coswell, Russell Johnson <laughs> as <laughs> and Russell Baloney, <laughs> Russell Baloney and Thigh Pork Chop, um, and Joe Russell Pimento Jen- Loaf. <laughs> um, Russell Johnson's in here as Professor Mannion, but he's never actually, I don't think he's ever announced by that name, so I just call him Future Man for the entire episode. Nice. Um, and Than uh, Wyan, who's Paul Johnson, who comes in later in the episode. So this episode is an interesting one because it is a very different episode than I think we've seen so far in the simple fact that it uses a different... Have we seen time travel in this series at all? Anybody I don't remember? Uh, yeah. Outside of like walking the, distance, uh, maybe. No, the one where the guy flies, uh, the British soldier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, kind of is. He lands on the, but I mean, not like, not, not scientific extent. time travel. Yeah. yeah. This is more like man in scientific time travel. So no, we haven't seen that. Was it the last flight? No, that wasn't the last flight. Yeah, it was the last flight. Oh, was yeah, it the yeah, last yeah. flight? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That sounds, yeah, that sounds good. Cool. But, I, I'm, but I'm assuming you guys are like me. I know, especially you, Jacob, you don't remember, I'm sure this episode at all, or maybe you do. I, I don't know. You, you seem to know the episodes. I I, for, you know, I'm, <laughs> Trev, I don't know about you either, but um, if you remember at all, but I mean, let me ask you this. When you guys, when you guys went into this episode or when you go into an episode, do you guys read anything about it or are you just going blind? Like, how do you, how do you guys handle an episode? Cause especially an episode like this, you can kind of see where it's heading maybe a little bit maybe you don't i don't know but where do you do you guys go in blind when you watch these episodes or do you look at the synopsis or i mean how do you guys handle that kind of stuff i tend to go in as blind as possible but that's kind of how i approach all this stuff i was actually familiar with this episode like for some reason it sticks in my head i think every twilight zone marathon that i've watched it's been a part of that so there's always one of us who's like, I remember this one like like the back of my hand. And the others are like, I, I don't know. But no, I'm with Triv. I, I go in uh, as blind as possible. I like will read on stuff after the episode when I'm like putting my half-ass notes together. But um, no, I don't, I don't read anything. I just try and go in and experience it as purely as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I think... For- I think if you know monsters are do on Maple Street and Time Enough at Last, I think those are episodes that are pretty prominent. So you kind of already know the ending to it for the most part. But I think an episode like this, yeah. especially if you don't read anything, I think it actually is more effective than when you do read anything about it. Because 
I'll be fairly honest. I knew kind of where the story was heading after I was watching it. I'm like, okay, I see what's going to happen here. But if you don't think about it, mm-hmm. it's actually quite quite a interesting ending to be fairly honest but i mean we'll get to that but i mean do you guys agree i guess with that like sometimes these episodes don't need you just kind of want to go in blind because they're a lot better off i think you try and approach it at least as looking at it from the podcast perspective i think you do try to go in the way that someone who is seeing it for the first time you know does like you know we always talk about you know, this is a concept that's been done time after time now, but you take it back to 19, you know, 59 through 65. And, you know, they, there was, you know, blowing people's minds because it was the first time they'd seen anything like it, or it was something that was relatively new. Um, Yeah. That's pretty much where I'm coming from too. Now, as far as like the ending, I guess fairly early on, once we see what the, uh, the, the, the thing is for the episode, the time travel gimmick, or not gimmick, but you know, angle, I uh, I figured fairly quickly. I was like, yeah, I know where this is going to go. However, where it did go, like the inevitable end, the actual end of it, how that whole thing panned out, I didn't see that coming. I didn't, mm. I mean, I don't really know how you could. I mean, didn't no. <laughs> know that this other person is going to arrive. That part of it, I didn't, you know, I didn't see that, but the whole, yeah. You where thought his it was gonna desires be end up going i was like yeah yeah i also meant to say this is uh production code 173 3628 air date april 1st uh-huh funny <laughs> this is such a funny episode such a prank of 1960 hilarious so they were very all aboard on that you know april fool's day i'm sure which i don't think was created to like the 70s or something like that let me look that up was it I... not uh when was well, we got april a few fool's things day? like that in this one hey when was this thing a thing <laughs> my notes too all right i'm trying to look when it was gonna say like off the, like the 1500s i may have been way off <laughs> well and it, i think You're it's become I, I think it's become like it's something that was probably always you know sort of a thing but like they kind of go in and out of vogue like you look at like black friday you know mm-hmm. that was a thing that people did but it wasn't like an event it's become an event and i think that april fool's day has probably done that in the same way so Oh, I mean, to be fair, Morbius is coming on an April Fool's Day. So, I mean, that's definitely the joke of the year. So. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, I think it's funny that they're releasing on April Fool's Day, but that's just me. Because they're not going to. How many How many release days does that movie have? Well, okay, we're getting off track. But the <laughs> final trailer is like Monday. It's at 15 release dates. It really like has, a, yeah. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> that movie exists? Oh, my God. Um so anyway, yeah, supposedly a trailer exists. <laughs> so this movie opens up in 1880, November. I think it was November. I have it written down somewhere in my many pages of the notes. November 14th, 1880. And uh, Mr. Uh, Joe <clears throat> Caswell is uh, about to be hanged for murdering the son of a individual that's actually in this episode, which I can't remember which character it is. But son of a preacher, man. <laughs> exactly but, i don't know <laughs> yeah the, it opens uh, god no god go i was just gonna say caswell's victims like dad he kind of mm. reminded me of the comment section he's over there like yelling ah you're you know you're gonna die glad you're dying you're an asshole you know? <laughs> and he's like i'll see you in hell or i'll see you in another time so um Anyway, so that's when the opening narration happens. It happens pretty quickly in this episode. So, Commonplace. If somewhat grim, 
unsocial event known as a necktie party. The guest of dishonor, a cowboy named Joe Caswell. Just a moment away from a rope, a short dance several feet off the ground, and then the dark eternity of all evil men. Mr. Joe Caswell, who, when the good Lord passed out a conscience, a heart, a feeling for fellow man, must have been out for a beer and missed out. Mr. Joe Caswell, in the last quiet moment of a violent life. So, uh, Mr. Joe Coswell, Caswell seems like a, a, a stand-up individual. I mean, <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy you would uh, want to hang out with a beer until he shoots you for being angry at you. You know, that type ah, of thing. You want to hang out with... <laughs> do, do you suppose Pun that he's intended. um do you suppose he's like the great great grandfather of the guy from the four of us are gonna die um i mean possibly. the four of us are dying yeah four of us are dying he did he sure did love those Dutch I mean, angles in this to, episode so uh, i just mean do, that like the, some of the same streets yeah <laughs> well I, I just mean that like the way that uh serling like talks about him he basically says joe coswell oh, is the son of a bitch that's exactly how you said it too. Yeah. He's like drunk and smoking a cigarette. He's like, oh, a son of a bitch. I made up all that shit I said. That's that was the opening narration. <laughs> Commonplace. Necktie part. Joe Coswell's a son bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Uh, so uh fucked Jacob, my wife yeah. and left his illegitimate child. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually some good uh good uh lexicon stuff in this episode too which i was really i was really happy about hell yeah um so so basically joe caswell is about to be hanged he's about to come to the end of his life they don't offer him you know the last meal they just said fuck you we're gonna hang you and joe caswell's go kiss my nutsack and it all goes down and actually actually dick he doesn't say kiss my nutsack he says I'll do a jig for you, Peppy, like a puppet. Exactly. Which <laughs> I is thought awesome. he said a puppy. I was so confused. <laughs> How's that? Or he said, I'll do what? a jig for a puppy. <laughs> or no, I'll do I a jig for you, a... Peppy, like a puppy. I, I think it I is mean, like a knows? puppet. I think it is like a puppet because that makes more sense. Like puppies don't generally do jigs. They could. I mean, I mean, you don't know. One. You never know. Okay, fine. I don't know. But what happened? I got one in the backyard. Let's go find out. but then the judge is like he's such a disease kevin you're such a disease hang him (laughs) oh man so so he's he's at the yeah (laughs) exactly exactly. but he's uh he's about to be hanged and then we see his shadow and the shadow disappears because apparently he's a hedgehog and he didn't see a shadow anymore and um all the people around all the cowboys are like oh my god it's a miracle the priest is like, save me, Jesus. It's a miracle. The guy's disappeared. They're so confused. And uh, yeah, this guy. I like how none from... of them were looking at him when it happened. They were looking no, at his he... shadow. And then like <laughs> it happened and they go, where'd he go? I'm like, were you not looking at him when he hung? <laughs> Who, why were you all looking over here? Were they like, just like, oh, I don't want to watch. Oh, shit, because, he's gone. Because 60s TV. They don't allow that shit. Yeah. I know, right? I guess. And um, so in, in essence, the story is called execution because he's going to be hanged, but it's really the execution of a man who creates a time machine. And uh, this time machine is actually quite amazing because it's just like a glass, I don't know, crystal looking thing. And um, it's the teleportation device from the fly. Yeah, basically. Is that what it is? 
it's a precursor to that yeah it looks like it looks like uh uh, what is it a terrace glass what is it um a, a ter- not a terranium ter- ter- terranium Tourette's terrarium oh, okay no yeah. it's like That's a it. thing that they put like um like little like growing plants yeah ter- like little terrarium ter- yeah terrarium thank you <clears throat> see i knew i was smart for some reason by saying yay <laughs> um so oh yeah first of all he also says he shot a man in the back he wants to hanging to feel it like this guy's like i really want to see this guy hang just hang him hang him i need i need some hanging today so yeah but anyways he he disappears and he wakes up and he what's actually kind of clever about this episode is he wakes up and he has the rope burns on his neck and he's actually struggling to breathe which i actually thought was pretty pretty kind of crazy if you think about it but he wakes up and that's when we're introduced what i was i get it now i didn't get to i made note about his um demeanor when he came oh through. yeah yeah he was like, the faces he was making. like <laughs> i saw yeah. the rope burn mm-hmm. i saw the rope burn it didn't click with me because i'm you know dumb but like i was watching it and like i just saw he just came to and he's all going i was like wow he's having a good time what what, what are the, the effects of this time travel thing or teleportation whatever it is <laughs> they, they they give you the tinglys in the nether regions or something because he was like <laughs> no this is this is how but yeah now I, he was trying to breathe that makes yep. sense <laughs> that's why his voice was so raspy too yeah, this is where oh, Zack yeah, Snyder got know, his idea. Yeah, Superman. <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> yeah, man. As I've said, this guy, uh, Professor Mannion, who's not ever said his name, so I call him Future Man because how the hell am I supposed to know his name? I'm not gonna go looking on Wikipedia like I should be doing because Wikipedia is always truthful in the the name givings and stuff. And basically, he tells I mean, Future him, Man's a better name anyway. Yeah, what's up? Exactly. Oh, future man. Yes, I agree. Then Manion. Manion is a boring like name. It. Fuck like Manion. <laughs> um, so he wakes up and he and Manion, future man, whatever you want to call him, he tells him, You're the first guy to time travel and you time travel 80 years into the future. I was like, Okay, cool. You don't actually see it happen, you know, because it's the 60s and they don't have very much money for special effects at this point. But, you know, he's just kind of like, he doesn't know what's right, real. He doesn't know what's, you know, what's going on. His probably brain's all scrambled and shit. And um, this is when Mannion kind of lets him look outside the window. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but there's some, there's some interesting window and uh, dropping out of windows and glass and glass <laughs> uh, phone booths and shit. Um, but yeah, anyways, he looks out and it's like, yeah, the phone booth is the best. What's that? Oh yeah, yeah, that phone boat. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, but he like he looks out the window and it's like I thought that was like taking place in the forties, but Mannion says it takes place eighty years in the future. And there, there's some kind of confusion, I guess. Like the Mannion or uh, Caswell kind of like falls over, passes out, or whatever. He just you know can't handle the whole situation. But uh, this is where we get like Mannion basically using his dictaphone or whatever the recorder to kind of explain that he doesn't really. Hey, believe this oh what's up sorry oh, good good my my brain i don't know i'm just i'm hearing words tonight you said i swear you said this is where he uses his dick to phone and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> i had to think of, i mean a, a dictaphone like yeah i know i know i know i know what you mean now but like just no, like I the know. whole rope thing didn't catch on uh that's where my mind is he's using his dick to phone <laughs> <laughs> just saying oh also real quick while we've paused <laughs> for this reason um i would like to point out before he looks out the window 
uh, Future Man offers Coswell a cigarette, and mm. yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, he goes to get it, and he busts out a lighter, a Zippo lighter, and he lights oh, it, like, and he's like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> it's fire! Into- you have fire! <laughs> oh, th- and I was thinking, fire from nothing yeah. or fire I was from like, air. Did he? Yeah, did he come from the caveman era? Because lighters existed in 1880, and while I mean, yeah, matches it. It's not like even if you didn't have them, they were a known property. They came around. I looked it up because I was like, I don't want to say that if I, uh, it sounds stupid. They were invented in 1823. It's oh, 1880. Wow. Even if he didn't have them, he knew he had to have known of them. He was very just rural. Saying, he had to have <laughs> seen them or something. I don't know, but anyway, just just thought I'd throw that out there. But yeah, he was he was blown away by fire. fire. I have created fire. <laughs> fire, fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> One real quick other yeah. thing. So the the tape recorder that they used retailed for two hundred and fifty bucks. The dictaphone. The dictaphone. Actually, the yeah. Yeah. Well, the price of five bucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the price of recording devices has not gone down in the last seventy years or whatever it's been. <laughs> <laughs> Still paying two hundred fifty bucks for recording devices. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's the question but I have. Do they? Does, do, but do they go dictaphone? <laughs> no. That, that came dick to phone is kind of like ass to mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the sequel to ass to mouth is dick to phone. Nice. That that's what that's what uh that's what um uh Freddy Krueger does as sex toy. It's dick to phone. <laughs> well, he's got the has the the phone with the tongue yeah. thing on it. So yeah. Oh man, Actually, that's a created... whole different thing. That's <laughs> phone to. Oh, go ahead. That's phone to ass. <laughs> But no, the question I have is, did, does this guy pass out? Because he kind of wakes up later on and comes, kind of walks back into the science room or whatever. So I can't remember if he actually passes out. Yeah. I think well, he, he's, kind of, he said part. that he put him to put him down for a nap or whatever, like he's a baby <laughs> on his dictaphone. He says like uh, he was acting like he was tired. So I put him down for rest or whatever. My, my assumption is that going through that much time, like one, not being able to breathe two, just the overwhelming, like, ah, what the hell's going on? And three, probably just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just the idea of seeing fire in a Zippo light farm might've just overwhelmed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the, the man, the, the future man talks into the dicto recorder, the dick to uh, recorder <laughs> uh, says he was the dick says, to re- uh, rectum recorder. Yes. Yes. But he says he was, uh, uh, Caswell says he was a rancher in 1914 or no, 1940, November 14th, 1880. And I, I like how he, how he basically says it's a 19th century primitive in a 20th century jungle. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this guy's <laughs> fucking cruel to Caswell. It's like, Caswell, you don't know this guy, but you don't like him already. So like, what was he, ex- what was he expecting when he did this time travel and he hit 1880? Was he expecting to get like, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln or some shit or whoever in fucking 1880. I'm pretty sure like it was dead by then, but who the fuck was he expecting to get? Yeah, Come Abraham Lincoln was dead. Well, and the, and the question is like, I, was it oh, just like a random, was, was it a random cast into time and space and he would just pull back whoever did? Or did he specifically what, set up that day? Leap? Well, no, but well, yeah. Like, but yeah, exactly. But that's, is like what that's a big question like did he specifically pick that day or was it just like a random date that happened to you know like he just kind of cast his nut out in time and managed to find this guy is this where bob gale got his his uh idea for back to the future he's like hey that guy picked 1880 so i'm gonna pick 1955 i mean 
I don't know. It might have. It's a little little weird to me personally, but well, you look at and you know you look at eighty five later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One and two. They're, Brown. they're looking for you know at least from a practical perspective they've got sets for the wet, old west so mm-hmm. you know hanging by the old hanging tree go for it and and so when we come back to the whole idea of caswell with the the future man guy the future man doctor um this is where as i texted to you guys which i thought you guys had seen the episode but uh, caswell goes he was beat with the difference in his back with a wet rope yeah you got beat with that wet <laughs> rope i'm sure that was uh, some weird stuff going. I reworded it of... slightly from the lexicon, <laughs> just to get oh, context. I said, "Beat the difference in between right and wrong with a wet rope." Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I didn't put them back on there. Yeah, I guess you beat beat the difference in my back between. I don't know. I'm I'm rolling with that. <clears throat> We're beating <laughs> things <laughs> with wet ropes and dictaphones. That's all that matters. Exactly. Oh. Man, I wish that was in the. I really want to put dictaphone on there, but see, this is why we need that time machine so you can tell Rod Sterling to put dictaphone in there. It might be in there someplace. Yeah. As a comment, like that, there's the one episode where he speaks into the thing and the little piece of paper comes out and then he, like, <laughs> it brings things to life. It could be dictating um, or dictaphoning. Exactly. So, <laughs> this is the point where something. <laughs> I mean, in that episode, um, he creates a woman, so he could be dictaphoning her. Exactly. Yeah, you dick to something. <laughs> dick, dick to, to her. Dick, dick to puss. Yeah, dick to soccer in the puss. Soccer so, in the dick puss. Wait a minute. <laughs> We're on a whole other level. <laughs> We've gone to plaid. We... Oh, God. He's going anyway. straight to plaid. Yeah. we passed ludicrous speed we passed yeah we passed ludicrous no what was it we passed ludicrous, ludicrous speed and mode. went straight to to ridiculous no we passed ridiculous uh, and went to ludicrous yeah. ludicrous speed yeah, yeah, yeah. go Thank sir you shouldn't plaid. you buckle up <laughs> ah buckle this ludicrous <laughs> speed go i my eyes are going in the back of my skull <laughs> so anyways caswell uh mentions he has beaten killed over 20 men and future man is going to send caswell back to the moment he disappeared uh but this is when um was it caswell basically uh starts beating the hell out of future man um and then socks him in the post with the with his right fist or whatever and he falls down and then he beats him the hell with the the lamp so that guy's dead. He gone. Yep. And oh, um, you missed you missed one of the fun one of the fun lexicon things. At one that? point in that last bit, he calls him a Johnny Come Lately. This is jeez. Uh, <laughs> Johnny um, Come somewhere. Yes. <laughs> the phone. I call my puss lately. Also, Johnny Come lately. <laughs> lately. <laughs> On a serious note, I mean as serious as we get, uh, I do want to say that uh, the part where he says where the guy decides you know this is you know this is a bad dude we got to send him back because this isn't a good idea having him here he's a killer he's got the rope burns all that i like that I'm like yeah that's good however when he to the all alone in this dark room with this murderer that he's figured out is like this psychopath or a dangerous human being from a time when he you know bad shit happened that he tells this guy to his face just all calm i'm gonna have to send you back to your death i'm like you know I think I would have kept that to myself. 
Yeah, I think I just probably wouldn't have said anything to him about that and been like, hey, come over here. I need to run a test real quick before we go outside. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm going to send you back. What the fuck did you expect to happen? See, Hell this yeah, is- he knocked the fuck out of his ass with that lamp. This is what <laughs> happens when exposition is let is let loose. Like, this is why we don't like exposition. Ultimately, it ends hey. in having a lamp smashed over your head. That's what have, that's what Syndrome and Incredible said. He was caught, got caught monologuing, so yeah. hey. He, he paid the price with his puss. Basically. So he got socked in the puss and then killed. This is a this is a very dark episode if you think about it. It's very dark and disturbing, <laughs> to be fairly honest. Like one guy disappears, gonna be taken back to hang. This guy gets knocked over the head with a a lamp and he dies because he. I thought he was gonna. I I honestly thought he was going to be the one that gets at the end shot back to 1880, but that's not what happens. Um, and then Coswell takes the gun. Apparently this. Future man has a gun for whatever reason and w- runs out of the building. And the, dict- the dictograph is talking about how 19th century primitive in a 20th century jungle. And um, that's the end of the act. So guy got socked in the puss, got uh, wet roped, um, <laughs> dicto recorder, <laughs> century prim- primate in a 20th century Dictophone. jungle. I mean, there's a guy called Johnny <laughs> that comes lately. <laughs> exactly. So uh, what do you guys think of the episode? What do you think of the uh, first act of this episode? I really enjoyed like I, this is one of those episodes that it's a solid Twilight Zone to me. I I really enjoy it. Um, the, and I guess I've not seen it in a bit, but it still kind of sticks as one of those episodes. It's just it, it kind of because you you're right. It is a dark episode, and it it definitely you know it has those moments of levity, but it still does kick your ass as far as like being something that's more serious and where it ends. And it's it's a more, not to say that all of Twilight Zone isn't somewhat a morality thing. But this one really personifies the morality aspect of things, I think. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, that's it, yeah, that's the biggest, that's the big thing here is you know, repercussions for reactions, uh, yeah. judgment, not judgment, justice, justice, how we all get justice. Uh, to, to comment on what Nick said about how he thought that, uh, where he thought the ending was going, as soon as he was all like, I want to get out there and see the world, and blah, blah blah blah, but he was like shocked by all this new stuff. I was like, yeah. I see like basically what happened, his, his turnaround, how he, you know, his, what he wanted, his wants and needs, how they turned around. That's a, I knew that was going to happen. I was like, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. But I didn't know, like I said earlier, I didn't know the other thing was going to happen, but I did like the episode up to this point. I was kind of wondering, you know, while I may know the end game, which I kind of did, I am curious to see how it's all going to work out and what's going to happen when he gets out into this world and what twilight zone world is he going to get out into because we never fucking know is he going to go out into the four of us are dying world it's kind of surreal dutch angle neon light <laughs> world or is he going to go into the you know hitchhiker or not hitchhiker the uh, nan adams world which that's all i could think when he went on the street i was like yep here she comes <laughs> but, uh, that may what blew, blew him out of the back of that fucking uh uh phone booth though honestly <laughs> yeah well she sideswiped it well, I was gonna say like that that was coming in the second act, but the episode <clears throat> starting out, it actually this whole episode, like you, a lot of times you say, Jacob is is it's actually kind of even. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. good stuff in the beginning, and there's yeah. a lot of great stuff in the end. So there's not like top heavy or bottom <coughs> heavy. There's you know Nan Adams coming at him twice, you know that type of thing, which is uh, a fun thing to watch. You know how she can switch sides of the street so quickly, but. It, um, I mean, I just I think overall it's an episode that at least is tempting to be 
very heady and sci-fi and trying to be fun and entertaining, but also have a message about being careful what you do and who you piss off and who you kill and don't ever bring back people from the 1880s back into the 1960s because it always gets you socked in the puss, that type of thing. But with a lamp. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that must have been one heavy ass lamp to kill him, you know? Yeah. Well, and poor Future Man I ended up being. It. Oh, good. Sorry. No, you go. go, go, go. Uh, I'm just going to make a dumb comment about how, uh, you know, the like Coswell came from the 1880s to the 1960s. And Future Man kind of got knocked back into the Stone Age with that lamp. <laughs> well, I, I I made a note about the lamp too. Here's to, to give you guys inside baseball on my notes. Here's how uh, intricate and in detail they are. Um, after the part where I made note of, I'm going to send you back, and that I probably would have kept that to myself. My next note was, God damn, he knocked the fuck out of him with that lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I take very detailed notes. Just saying, but he you did, do. man. That fucking lamp, he like took a bow, and like it exploded. I was like, shit, he uh, did. Yeah, yeah. The shit that Coswell goes through in the, and this is way worse than what hitting by a lamp. I mean, that lamp must be fucking concrete, you know, that type yeah. of thing. But they don't um, like they used to, man. This, this apparently not. He didn't buy that shit at IKEA. No. <laughs> <laughs> real quick random question so when he wakes up and like the through this i guess his only outfit through this whole out through this whole episode what what did you guys think of his outfit and i guess maybe that's more of a question for the end but like what would you have defined like he really wasn't dressed like a cowboy right he was dressed like generally speaking normal clothes for the time like his clothes got changed or something right I think there's a misconception that cowboys looked exactly like, yeah. Cause there's that funny joke that we see. It's not really funny, but there's that, it, it, the thing that we see in the, the bar, but they, there's always this like mm-hmm. assumption that they dress like, you know, John Wayne or some shit. No, they dress like they had normal person clothes for the time. I mean, it's not like they were you know wearing the big chaps and shit that you see. And yeah, I'm he sorry, had like I, the pants, the glove, the pants, shirt, pants, shirt, jacket, and gloves, you know, but was it the, the same outfit on. as he was when he was being hanged? Yeah, I think, I so. think so. I do. I did wonder though when they hung him, did they not have his hands tied because he arrived? You know, he had the rope burn and all that. Were like, did the hands being tied either in front or behind his back not give that away? So. That maybe not such a good guy. But he didn't say anything about it. Did they ever show like a that wide of a shot of it? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I just maybe figure too. if you're gonna hang somebody, usually tie their hands up or yeah. you know they might be like stop don't <laughs> kill me i mean they um, the horse thing was pretty Sunday. pretty on point because i think they did kill a lot of people back in the day with the with the horse yeah. um and now i have to go back and check that out because now it's going to bother me you know when you look up the twilight zone execution because i wanted to see if there's anything in this it brings up a bunch of people getting executed i don't like that i, I swear to god it's not <laughs> Yeah, he has, his hands the, behind, he has his hands behind his back. Okay. I guess the reason I asked about clothing was because I, I, I didn't remember what he was wearing and I thought his clothes got changed to be slightly more modern. Like I, because they keep referring to him as a cowboy and it's like looking at his attire, I would not have thought cowboy. And I know that's for emphasis on what he is, but it was just like, oh, you know, you're not going to say, hey guy or whatever, just like, hey cowboy. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. It looks the same. Okay, be, never mind then. Yeah. Apologies, you can cut this or whatever you need to do for no, this part. So. No, it's fine. Like it, it's one of the, sometimes you have those questions and 
that's what that's why you had me to check so yeah um, my hero but nick does have a point that is like that is where they they did they didn't dress like that traditional like john wayne he said it and i was thinking it too like john wayne or even like the guy in the bar on the tv at the end of the episode or closer yeah. to the end of the episode that was like hollywood's version of cowboys cowboys just wore pants and shirt yeah. maybe a hat because it was hot as fuck outside but beyond protect that, your head yeah and gloves yeah i mean that's the, he was dressed like a rancher would be i guess even though he wasn't Which a rancher is- he was a fucking murderer but whatever exactly <laughs> which is kind of funny because you remember the last episode last week they fucking wearing roaming clothes and shit it's like sometimes uh sometimes <laughs> the uh twilight zone gets it correct sometimes they put you in roaming clothes you know yep with really 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 short skirts hey yeah when in rome <laughs> and that's been dad jokes for 2022 <laughs> uh, shit so we come back from to act two and caswell of course runs into the four of us are dying street with which uh with neon signs and of course dutch angles because you know we got to be scared in the twilight zone because there's dutch angles because that automatically means spooky and scary and skeletons and all that good <laughs> stuff and we of course have they to have the music from star time, trek though, i will say that much yeah yeah it, i mean it's a cool it's a cool it's way a good- to do do mood in a, a, a show is having dutch angles so Unless you're Michael Bay. <laughs> well, that one episode, the four of us are dying. It's like every angle is a Dutch angle, so it loses its, you know, its potency. It's but like in this one, he was supposed to be very disoriented. And I thought, because I thought of that as soon as I saw it, because I saw that street and I was like, it's the four of us are dying and a fucking Dutch angel angle. Oh my God. And then I was like, <laughs> but you know, it kind of makes sense here because he is disoriented and that's what Dutch angles are supposed to kind of throw your way to throw you off a bit. And they didn't stick with it the rest of the episode, or I would have been like, Jesus Christ, it's fucking four of us are dying. But they must well, have gotten the Star Trek music for Chief because that's in here too. So, well, it's the same. CBS owned, like, this, these are both mm-hmm. on CBS, so they were both from that. So, um, and the globe was used in Forbidden Planet as well. So, oh, interesting. There's a lot of stuff from Forbidden Planet. So Nana seems to be doing double time in this in this episode, trying to kill a lot of people because she almost hits him twice, going one side of the street to the other side of the street. Just like, can you imagine she's driving down the road? She almost hits Caswell, and then she's like doing fucking Fast and the Furious and turning around and trying to hit him again. Okay, but in that same thing, he pulled a gun he on her. her. Yeah, oh, yeah. She said, oh no, that yeah, you don't know who the almost... fuck I am, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Nan motherfucking Adams. You go pull a gun on me. And I think he shot. I don't know if he shot the car or just had it. She was like, she was pissed. She was like, you know what? All right, you go ahead and do your thing. I was going to make it easy for you. I was going to take you out real quick, nice and easy and clean. <laughs> go on, go do your thing. Let's see what the fuck happens, you little piece of shit motherfucker. So the, the real question is, is this the end of Nan Adams? Do no. we have to play the In the Arms of the Angel song? Donate $10 to save Aunt Nan Adams? <laughs> Is she gone? You don't end Nan Adams. No. She ends Nan you. Adams ends you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will. Break you better watch out talking like that when you go out tomorrow in the street. Oh, you man. I've. 56 it's Miami. Come flying around the fucking corner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Miami, it'll have hydraulics. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear Rod Sterling in the background somewhere, just like, like uh, Stranger Than Fiction. You're like, what is that noise? Nan Adams, and you'll do the fucking get hit by the car and shoes fly <laughs> off and shit. Nan and Adams, will I'm scream? Coming. Pudding shoulders. 
<laughs> Get sucked in the puss. Yep. Um, so I know phones weren't really in. When did when did phones really start coming around? Was yes, like early sir. 1900s. Phones so, were yeah. Well, 1876. That is when the phone was created. 1876. 1876. 18. Okay, so, so I yes, have a question for you. I made that phones exist. You know what I'm going at. Go, go, go ahead and say it because you know where I'm going with this because I was really kind of confused by this scene. I was not confused about what actually I was kind of confused about why he went out the, out the glass, but like the phone's ringing. You don't know it's a phone. Are you really that confused? Well, okay, here's the thing though. And, and this is just, this is like fictional world brain kicking in, but Okay, so 1876, you said, is when phones started up? Well, if they're, if they're out in the middle the, of... That's when they became popular. That's when they got popular. They actually right. existed long before that, but they didn't, like, get popular. That's when the world as a whole, that's when Alexander Graham Bell did his thing and all that. 1876 okay. was when this new big phone thing was known to the whole fucking earth. Okay, that's when everybody, was, everybody didn't have them, but everybody right. knew of them. But here's the thing. You're talking about what is, in theory, a very rural area in the Old West. We're, we're basically told that, yeah? So even though you might have an idea of what a thing is, like, look at look at someone working with a fax versus, go, like, you have someone in the, like, 80s that has deals with a fax, and then you get them to a modern-day computer or cell phone or whatever, and they're they're dealing with email. They're Even though you understand the basis of what something is doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see it in that incarnation and understand what it is yeah maybe yeah two things first of all yes you're right that could be it but i don't know if that shock and awe of seeing this thing in action that you do know exists is going to blow you out of the back of a fucking phone booth <laughs> i put like way <laughs> out of the booth like it's out of the back of it that's true <laughs> I, I would assume it was that on top of everything else now regarded this definitely like I can believe the phone thing over the over the fire thing because the fire thing was like like Frankenstein level like goofy, but yeah. I agree with well, you. The phone also, I know they existed in these towns because I've played the town with no name and it featured phone lines in it, and it I'm sure took place around the same time. Were they and phone yes, lines that, or that were case. they telegram lines or telegraph lines? Because there's a difference. You're really pulling the wind out of my Did sails you? here, Trip. You're right, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Trip can change your mind in a heartbeat. I'm good at that it, shit. It was, it was in the town with no name, and that yeah. game is accurate, history accurate. <laughs> it's just like Absolutely. the flying the fl- the uh, uh, interstellar uh, train there too. Yes, that that was a thing. <laughs> Just because you haven't seen it doesn't make it I real. I have seen it. I watched the da- I watched your no, damn video. No, just because you haven't seen it in real life. Ah, okay, okay. Are you you're gonna go down the route of, of Back to the faith. Future three? Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Holy shit! I, I, I mean, clearly, 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 you know, with the parts that uh, Doc Brown had, he can definitely make a flying train. You know. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. I mean, but this guy's a dumb. This guy is a dumbass who gets put off by fire. I don't think we're talking on the same level as Doc Brown. I don't know. Yeah, Doc Brown got scared of fucking. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 2001 a Space Odyssey moment. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking caveman all of a sudden. I was like, it's a lighter. <laughs> Those exist. They were fairly commonplace. <laughs> 
Uh, tension, no, people, it, tension. Either way, the uh, the the phone booth thing was hilarious. Uh, but not the first time someone got themselves locked in a phone booth. Where is everybody? The guy in that also got himself stuck in a phone booth. Um, did it? Oh yeah, he did. I just, I just like how dramatic he falls falls out the fucking phone booth. <laughs> it's like it's like he gets you know, thrown someone... out of the phone booth, but there's nobody there to throw him out. A ghost. He is like Michael Bay blown out the back of that phone booth. Like, Holy <laughs> shit. What just happened? Did it blow up? Was there a bomb in there when he answered the phone? It was like that movie Phone Booth, the sequel or something. <laughs> like he answered the phone. It's like, ah! <laughs> Holy shit. Well, the real question is, like, I missed who something. is calling I looked away this for a phone second. booth? <laughs> like like the, the yeah, lady hangs up the then, phone and then someone's calling him. Well, it's like, and also back then, I don't even know if you could dial directly. You had to like get on the operator. What did, did somebody get with the operator and be like, operator, connect me with a phone booth at 25th and Main in this Twilight Zone city? Sure, click. What, who's calling phone booths back then? Well, the lady that left the phone booth before before um, Caswell came up to it, you know, told whoever was on the other end to fuck off, and they were calling back to come up with a better insult. They they blew him out the window. I didn't notice the lady. I didn't notice the lady what it was. They did that thing I used to do back in high school when I'd be like at the mall or something and calling somebody. I'd call them collect 1 800 collect call ATT with David <laughs> Arquette. And I'd be like, it's a say your message to the person. I'd be like, call me this number and then hang up and they call me back. Nice. Because <laughs> I didn't have any money. Yeah. That's good I, reason. I guess I was the only one. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I, the town I grew up in didn't have phone booths. We weren't that sophisticated. Uh, well, I don't know if I call phone booths sophisticated. They usually get pissed in by homeless people and stuff in the well, city. So no, I get it. I was in a hurry because I had like a time limit, and also it smelled like ass in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the oh, shit, shit that I found at one in London. One in London. Yeah, I never did another. Hey, those are bigger on the inside there. Yeah, exactly. Lots more room for shit in there. <laughs> oh my god! I never knew this would go to shit and phone booths. I'm kind of, I'm kind of <laughs> proud of our, I'm proud of our, uh, our podcast. We've gone to places where no man should ever go, and we'll, we'll ever go. <laughs> it wasn't the TARDIS. It wasn't the TARDIS. It was the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> the TARDIS. Instead of, is it? So, this, <laughs> Sorry. so so we find caswell in a he runs into a restaurant that looks like it's being closed for the night um and there's a cigar chomping bartender he, and then like like the the apes in 2001 he starts beating the hell out of the jukebox because he doesn't like the noise he's the grinch of this episode <laughs> he's like with all the noise 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 he just starts beating the hell out of it and it's like holy shit um, he did man he beat the fuck out of that jukebox like he did that guy's head with a lamp <laughs> <laughs> he went ham on management it problem. yeah <laughs> he's anger management classes he did. and i mean didn't they have those pianos that like played by themselves back in the day wouldn't he just like <laughs> yeah. see this as a new version of that <laughs> he he's kind of anti-social he knocked the fucking whole front off that thing because <laughs> that's why i killed so many people i killed every oh, person right. i ever met <laughs> Like fucking wow, Liam basically, yeah. That's too many questions. Mm. But I, I love the, I actually kind of love the bartender because he's like, you're gonna pay for that. And then of course he pulls out the gun, he's like, Okay, I'm gonna give you free booze. And he gives him like four bottles of free booze. 
<laughs> I'm like, this is the greatest bartender ever because he's just going to give this guy booze because he feels sorry for him. And I know there's a gun involved, but he's like, he just decides, hey, fuck it, it. I'm going to give you the four gun free had bottles. To do with that. Yeah, it yeah. has quite a lot to do with that. Probably like 95% that. But but that's the thing. Yeah, like, that, the guy had some balls until he pulled out that gun. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> like, like hey. you'll pay for that right money because if you're not, I got to. <laughs> You motherfucker! Fu- oh, hey! Oh, I just playing, just playing. You know, fuck that jukebox. I ain't like I never have liked it. It doesn't even bring in that much. It's more trouble. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. You did me a favor, honestly. You want you want you want a drink? You want another drink? I got you. I got you. Sit down. Take a load off. Well, the even the even better part is there's a TV that's turned <clears> off. <throat> it turns on right to a uh, right to a channel that is a showdown of a gunman. And like Craswell's like, motherfucker, you come at me, I'm gonna shoot you. And he shoots the TV, and then the fucking the the bartender goes, You're gonna pay for that, aren't you? I'm like, did he just not put the gun on the counter? You just gave him four fucking bottles of booze. He ain't paying for a shit. <laughs> exactly. Like, <"God>, <laughs> oh, the TV though, the TVs were a lot more expensive back then. But it's yeah. not really out of the realm of possibility that a Western was on because I think that's all they made back then. Uh, was Westerns <laughs> and gangster movies. <clears throat> I don't want to take any more wind out of your sails, so you know. I, I want to hear just, more was, of what was going through Caswell's head when he saw that little midget man in the little window up on the uh, up there on the wall, and he's coming at him saying, "All right, partner, I'm going to shoot you now." He pulls out his gun. He's like, "Oh no!" I mean, really, this guy—I mean, from his perspective, if you really thought it was a window, the guy was like this big. <laughs> I, I would be more amazed at like, who is this little man who's coming at me? I mean, how much damage is that little gun you have going to do there, buddy? I mean, they do chalk it up to um, him being exhausted and like all of the noise, which it is actually sort of an interesting thing on the episode because they do talk about like, I guess it's not the main thing of the episode by any stretch, but how noisy modern life is versus what it would have been, you know, in the old West. And I think that was kind of interesting. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Can you imagine going back to that time and just being like, the fuck is this? This is, is this real life? Like you'd be so fucking scared going back to that time when there's no fucking cell phones and ra- radio waves and internets and I mean and they had they tuberculosis like there. <laughs> tuberculosis yeah yeah fun times yeah <laughs> and dysentery like, off a lung out of your asshole <laughs> yeah you, you died, died of dysentery, by dysentery. <laughs> now now sitting there now if we go back we have to- <laughs> Which is gonna get me first, dysentery or the tuberculosis or the broken fucking wagon wheel? Now, I was just gonna say, do, do we have to take oxen over a fucking lake or river? <laughs> we have to float them across the river and they just drown. Or we have to save little Annie orphan. I'm just thinking about the fact that I can only carry a hundred pounds of beef or hundred pounds of meat back to my wagon, even though I killed like three buffalo. And the motherfuckers are all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have like this whole family, and like you're the only person carrying the meat. It's like you're fucking twelve years old. Get over here and help you fucking shit. I don't care if you're dying of tuberculosis or Hell dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> Got a long halfway sticking out of my ass. <laughs> yeah. oh. I like how we went from the Twilight Zone to Oregon Trail. Just by the way, <laughs> you know what's ironic is we all probably played the Oregon Trail when we were fucking kids in school or shit. Oh yeah. I know yeah, I them big fucking Apple yeah. computers that yeah. looked like giant Game Boys and they had the monochrome green and black <laughs> yep. background. The actual the floppy Oregon disk. Trail guy was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> what did that? Yeah. What did, 
<laughs> what did that fucking game? Because you know, in school, they only have educational games. What did that game educate us in besides what's dysentery? <laughs> what was educational um, about that shit? Uh, even no matter how hard uh, you try, you will ultimately die of dysentery. You're going to die. <laughs> or syphilis. Uh, isn't dysentery like where you shit yourself to death or something like that? I don't Basically, know. I mean, your body doesn't take, like, whatever you drink goes right through you. This like game you was created in the fucking 70s. Holy shit. I believe what? it. 1971. I played it in elementary but, school, so I would have been like 1871. Holy shit. What? <laughs> Wait, did I say 1871? No, uh, but it was like it yeah. became popular in 1985. Ah, the Apple II. Cool. I always remember yeah. the uh, flying toasters. Big, huge two and a half floppy. Uh, Those were awesome. And we don't, we, we gotta do a flashback podcast. Let's talk about flying toasters and dysentery. Oh, man. Flying toasters cause toaster. dysentery. That's right. There was like a vacuum cleaner on the brave little toaster. <laughs> uh, shit. So, anyways, he um, he runs out, and this is when he shoots Nan Adams, and Nan's like, "You ain't gonna shoot shit, motherfucker!" And he uh, he runs back into he. I'm surprised he's able to find the laboratory. How he's able to get back there because he doesn't seem like a guy that knows he's he's he doesn't even understand what fire is apparently. So where he gets back to the the laboratory pretty quickly. So and um, he probably followed the neon lights. Yeah, maybe probably one that said laboratory. laboratory. (laughs) Future man, time travel. (laughs) One kind of fun thing, real quick, and it's kind of a really obscure thing. But when he leaves the bar right next to it, there's like a place called uh, Jim Henry's Paradise. A sign was used in Cabin in the Sky in 1943, which is like a pretty well-known like African-American movie. It doesn't really relate to anything specifically. I just thought it was interesting. I have never seen the movie, but I will keep that. I will put that in my list of shit that I haven't seen in past 1970, which is quite a bit apparently. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, he runs back in the future man's office and where does this guy come from did he follow caswell like he's just he's just gonna rob this random location that uh, it's just this guy this robert paul whatever his name is just comes out of nowhere and just like i'm gonna paul rob johnson. this yeah paul johnson is <laughs> like i'm gonna rob this doctor because apparently i can't rob banks or some shit it's like a way to get to the ending conclusion of this episode but it's like he walks in and he's like you know, don't you think he's got a wall safe C and he's there to rob it, but he's there now. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, future same. man's dead. Yeah, he's like a 1960s gangster, low-life criminal. <laughs> and and then then like the two get in a scuffle and Caswell goes out the window and then he's actually hanged. Which I'm like, holy shit. He actually hung Caswell. Caswell actually died because apparently this is a final destination movie. So death caught up to Caswell and you know. <laughs> the caswell gets knocked in the puss and he gets almost thrown through a window and then he's hanging by a curtain rope it's like yeah where's uh where's what's his face um where's the candy man at what's his name well um, nick yes that's because retribution is not subject to a calendar uh apparently nice um, good use yeah. of stuff yeah justice um, can span years <laughs> so here's a question i have for you though so you're a robber and you see a bunch of buttons and lights and switches. Do you just start flicking switches? Are you are you just are you like a little six year old and you just love buttons and switches and you, 
do you really think this is going to open up a wall safe? I mean, like, I, I'm like, didn't anything in history ever teach you never to touch things that may actually transport you to get hung? That type of thing. I, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird ending to an episode that has like a great story to it. And he turns on all the buttons and he's like, oh, I'm going to walk into this random fly, whatever, trapezoid pod. room. Yeah, pod. And he's just like, he's, like the pod comes down on him and all of a sudden he, you know, fades out uh he, well, he transports through fade out to basically the past mm-hmm. to 1880 and he uh, okay if you're transported to the past to the hangman's rope are you automatically dead or would you start choking the death once you transport that rope because he's automatically dead when he transports it's like does time travel kill you when you go back to that that point like is this, I, I guess, I guess, I mean, I understand he would eventually die, but when you go back in time and you start hanging, when you start hanging and they like rescue you, but he goes back and he's officially dead, which maybe he broke his neck. I don't know. I, I just kind of took it as a, took him the oh. instant before he broke his neck. So I guess he arrived the instant that his neck broke. Yeah. I was going to say, that's kind of how I took it was. He picked up those circumstances that were being left at. I would, I would assume, or that's what they're supposed to be saying. Like when Sam, I get where they were going with it, where like they were trying to like have this, you know, bad shit happens to bad people and you know retribution and all that. But I was just gonna say, yeah, he did. He went in there and he just pushed a bunch of fucking buttons. There's like five thousand buttons in here. He punched a bunch of them. He just happened to push the exact either a he pushed. He's like a savant. He doesn't know it. He pushed just the right buttons to go back to this exact precise moment that he needed to go to. Or that machine is like the most user-friendly time machine <laughs> in history. Well, ever. It's the only one. And this doctor set it up to where I've got all these fucking buttons in here, but we don't need them. You only need these two or three. And this guy's going to hit. So, but hey, I, I understand why they had to do it. They needed him to, they, he needed to die. <laughs> My thought sort of is, and this is again, you know, I'm going with fictional logic brain things, but like dude kind of thought he was immortal. So he just like, he's screwing around looking at crap and like, like, you know, like Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy in the space episode. He just like the button draws him, you know, like there's a big pulsating red button and he must press it. And he's like, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm, 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 I'm this low cranky criminal that sucks ass and just killed a guy and busted a window but i didn't bust as much shit as he did so yay you know that that episode i just gotta say that you're talking about there always spoke to me even as an adult that big fucking red button that says do not touch oh yeah you get touched yeah i'm gonna touch (laughs) you all over so i sympathize with simply there but maybe that uh, nick i think you said a moment ago i mean Who's going to go in there and just hit all these buttons? Me? <laughs> it's like, I already killed a guy. <laughs> yeah. with like I hung him with the world's strongest curtains, curtain string, because <clears throat> mine would have just come the fuck down. I mean, he would have died anyway because he would hit the ground. But I've already killed somebody. I'm robbing a place. There's a whole bunch of buttons here. Fuck it. Let's let's go for this shit. I would probably looking for the beer like, tap or something. I don't know. Yeah. The power of curiosity, I guess, is stronger than the power of logic, especially if you're playing into emotions from that part. He just killed a guy, just came off of adrenaline of killing a guy. He's not really going to be in his right mind to do so. And I don't know. 
I, I, I don't have a problem with the not right mindset. I have a problem with the fact that he just started hitting buttons. And like Jacob said, it just he hit the right button. He was like, out of the 6,000 buttons that are there, he hit the right one. It's like when Homer and the Simpsons had a nuclear uh, meltdown and he pressed, the, he just got lucky. He just meeny, 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 mo and pressed a button. And it's like, okay, TV logic is at its finest, you know? I don't know. I still love this Maybe episode, though. Die. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what I was talking about, like, earlier, like, you, you, did you guys think maybe like future man was going to go back and be the one that hanged or did you expect this random robber to come in to be the one that get i mean he kills someone so he's not innocent like they start questioning at the end of the episode they go do we hang an innocent man then and i said i hope to god not and then paul johnson's put on the horse but did you guys think that just some random robber would be the one that goes back and be and that, that's what i was thinking i was thinking the future man would be the one that actually goes back to be hanged it would be something like oh shit that's fucked up that type of thing but i don't know what do you guys think? I guess I've seen the episode probably five or six times over the course of life of my life. So I, I can't tell you what I thought the first time out. Um, but yeah, the you know, it's like when you have a story or like a, a like a horror movie where the guy that does it like comes in at the last minute and there's no way in hell you would have guessed that this random person would have come in and did it. So from that perspective, I think you would have been really hard pressed to be able to figure out that it was going to be a random robber dude that shows up with, with you know, three minutes to spare. Yeah. I um I did not see that coming because how could you? Um, I didn't necessarily think that the uh, future man was going to go back and and into his place, but I do. When I say I knew it was going to happen, I knew that Cosmo was eventually going to be like, you know, he's all about, oh, I want to see this place, all the stuff you told me about. But I was like, yeah, he's going to change that mind real quick, and he's going to come up and want to get back, and for some reason, he's not going to be able to. Or I thought he was going to say, hey, just put me. This ain't for me, man. Just just put me back on the rope. I didn't know that he would get thrown out of a window on the world's strongest curtain rod cord and that some, what do they call it, minor league criminal was going to come in and then go back and get hung. So, yeah, that threw me for a loop. But I'm with Paul you. Johnson. I, I enjoyed this episode. Paul Johnson wakes up in the morning to be hanged. He just doesn't know it yet. It is 3.05 in the morning on in 1960. I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. To, it's, it's, it's like really cool to think about this. It's just fucked up how fucked up the situation is. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a really dark episode, but do you, with that said, before we get into the closing narration, do you guys feel that there's any themes for this episode that is prevalent? Or do you feel this is just one of those episodes that Rod certainly was drunk one day. He's like, you know what we should do? We should bring a guy back from the 1800s who's being hanged and then we'll just fucking hang someone random guy at the end of the episode. I, I think they were trying to go outside the box with it because like of all the ways that you could have thought for that guy to go out being hung by, um, you know, a, 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 a blind cord would be probably the last thing you'd think of actually happening. <laughs> um, you know, cause you'd think, you know, Oh, he'll go back and end up getting hanged or, you know, something will kill him outright. But for that, you know, for it to, like you said, for to final destination him in a way, death did catch up with him and it kicked his ass. And this other random dude that we're told is just a minor criminal. I mean, he did kill a guy, but you know, did he deserve that fate? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Rod Serling knew a guy named Paul Johnson and he was like, you know what? Paul Johnson is a son of a bitch. I'm going to kill his that ass. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that oh, Paul I... Johnson, son of a bitch. <laughs> 
there are some there are some Star Trek uh, beeps and boops noises in that uh, when he turns on the machine. So I, I heard that was funny. Yeah, I heard those. I think the theme to the episode was it's kind of like karma, you know, bad. You put bad stuff out in the world, and it's going to come back to you. You're going to get it. And uh, retribution, of course. I mean, they say that one outright, but and justice, you're you you can't get away from it. And I mean, they're pretty. It's pretty blatant. And just put there in the ending narration, talking about justice can span years. You know, you're you do shit like that. If you're a shitty ass person, then shitty things are going to happen to you, and you're going to get yours. And both those guys, like you know, Coswell obviously was a shithead, and uh, he got his. He got he he ended his life still ended at the end of a rope, just a smaller rope, eighty years later. And Johnson, who showed up out of nowhere, which we assume is a shitbag because he murdered someone, even though the person he murdered was a shitbag, but that, you know, whatever, neither near here nor there. He uh, he was a taker of life, so he got his too, 80 years. This is true. Oh, by the way, this is um, this episode is referenced in Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part 3. Nice. So, there you go. And, really? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's on IMDb, apparently. Oh, and uh, Russell Johnson, who plays the professor or plays uh, the the doctor, is the professor from Gilgan's Island. Did he use a coconut oh. to make the the time machine? Um, sure, he put it in the coconut. Yay! <laughs> no, but he did uh, use a coconut to make a cod piece he wore as he built the time machine. Just oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe the lamp was made out of a coconut, and that's why it kicked his ass so hard. Probably because some fuckers are hard. Mm-hmm. Opened one a few um, weeks back, maybe the machete. Just saying, in a hand. Albert Selmy nice. was in Equality of Mercy and of late, I think, of Cliffordville. Due to Twilight Zone episodes involving time and travel and execution in Cliffordville, his characters are very unlikable, although this is although that is not a case in quality. So apparently he's in three episodes. Wow. Hmm, interesting. This one really like just talking about how like things change from where character it was to where they are. There's the one episode that I think stars Buster Keaton or it's someone, it was a, a silent movie star and they brought them from 18, whatever, I think 1890 to again, 1960, but he's like, a, um, he keeps, or he, he's kind of the housekeeper for this scientist guy. And then he goes forward and he's going to be like, Oh, the world is perfect. I'm not going to worry about anything. And, you know, he realizes how crap it is. And then he goes back to the calmness of that and not, not that they end the same but they kind of have a similar set of themes just different sides of the coin <laughs> all right jacob real listen let's do the closing narration oh actually so is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we end the uh, before we <laughs> go to the closing narration was there any other things you wanted to bring up that i forgot about i don't think so mm, no don't screw with nan adams solid, because karma will come drive up your your back alley oh drive up your ass and yep put a dick to phone yep (laughs) (laughs) shit okay um so yeah here's what closing narration this is november 1880 the aftermath of a necktie party the victim's name paul johnson a minor league criminal and the taker of another human life no comment on his death save this justice can span years retribution is not subject to a calendar. Tonight's case in point in the Twilight Zone. So, uh, you know, neck, necktie party. That sounds uh, sounds like something David Carradine would like, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh. 
little, 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 Too uh, soon, or I don't know. <laughs> he said it, people, not me. <laughs> keeping it spicy up in here. <laughs> I, I like it though. I like it. <laughs> uh, you gotta keep the podcast lively. You gotta keep on the toes, you know. Yep. Uh, Sock people guys... in the puss. Exactly. Um, so I mean that's it's pretty self-explanatory the clothing narration. It's uh you know, this guy, minor league criminal, dies because he is an idiot and switched a bunch of buttons and now he's gone. <laughs> he yeah. uh taken in a horse. Like, man, he has some weird looking clothes. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a time traveler. What do you expect? <laughs> so yeah, excuse me. On the flip side, uh, real quick on that, the, the yeah. clothes thing. We were talking about it earlier too. People had, I mean, they, you know, the cut may have been slightly different, but a suit like what he was wearing, I mean, maybe the way he was wearing it, like open and everything, that was common. I mean, you know, suits go back a long way. They may have said, oh, is this like French? It's slightly, I mean, it was the basic suit though is the same and has been the same maybe the coattails were a little bit maybe the shoes would have been they were like what's he wearing he's wearing like an astronaut (laughs) maybe but i mean they acted they acted as if it was like he was wearing a fucking like the the bear suit from wicker man or something like (laughs) what is he wearing it would have been awesome (laughs) i mean i i could get if they were like why is he wearing a suit he's out here in the fucking desert but no they're like what is this i don't know he needed to show up with the shirt from uh the monsters are due on maple street the one that charlie is wearing the flower one yeah yeah oh Uh, yeah 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 yeah, that's what it should have been i saw the color through the black and white in that fucking shirt yeah (laughs) that shit was still blind (laughs) still still reeling so okay so with that said um we'll go ahead and head into the twilight zone list a ranking of each episode by our feelings of how good it is um and uh you know it's the list that you should look up to when you uh watch uh anything with twilight zone so um this is a tricky episode uh for the simple fact that it's a good episode but is it a top 10 episode is it a you know low 10 episode what do you guys think it's hard is it better than mirror know, edge, mirror image mirror edge? I know immediately where I like because I just looked before you you I usually wait for your starting point to be like, is it better than this? And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we'll start there. But I'm just like looking at them. I think I kind of like gravitated to the last flight because it's a time travel one too. And I was like, well, I like last flight. I like this, but I like last flight just a little just 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 a smidge, a smidgen, a smidgy better. So that's where I started, but as far as like mirror's edge, I mean mirror image. Um, I think I like this one more than mirror image, which is weird because I was saying put it lower, but compared to mirror image, I like this one slightly more than mirror image. Hmm. Is it better than so Nan Adams hitting the guy and, and knocking his shoes off? Oh, <laughs> man, there was so much good in that episode. I would say that one had a lot more. To- we we talked a lot about this one, but really. This episode was pretty straightforward. Yeah. A lot of our ranting and ramblings and talking was more like hazing, like in a, a good way. So I would say that that one probably had more talking points about the actual episode. <laughs> I mean, I was not one, bored by this me. episode. So. No, I went quick. No, it, it, was, it was a tight episode. It was. And it was a, it was a very solid episode, in my opinion. I thought it was solid, but 
it was also just kind of it was that it was solid it was hey it happened it was very even it was a very solid episode it's very in the middle to me yeah like it's a good episode i wouldn't mind watching it again but there's also a bunch of other episodes that are much more impactful than this one to me but i still enjoyed the episode we're getting to that point where we've got so many under our belt now mm-hmm. and they they kind of like incrementally stay step up so it's like okay i liked it a little bit better than this one but not as much as that one i don't know i've not contributed anything to this conversation up to this point i don't think you have you've contributed a shit ton man <laughs> except Stop for it. except for uh confusion no not at all well no well let me ask you this the ending is it better than the ending of like third from the sun or elegy does it does it rank higher than those or you know, we joke about Nan Adams being in What You Need, but that's got like a, a crazy killer ending. I think this is like right in that that wheelhouse because of the simple fact that, you know, Mirror Image has like an interesting concept. Um, we're all different. Everything above nine, I wouldn't put above nine or put it above that because I, I don't think this, I think that, I don't think this is as unique as those episodes, but you know, you look like mirror image down to third from the sun. That, that's where I would put it. I don't know, Trev. Uh, I like this one a lot. Um, I definitely agree with Nick as far as like that range works. I, I, I could see it. I could see it between like mirror image and uh, it all based on I, like the ending, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think obviously that you wouldn't have been able to if you watch this for the first time you wouldn't have been able to guess the ending because honestly it does come out of like it comes out of, it comes at you like nan adams you know driving down the road on a bender <laughs> um i don't know like mirror image was a solid was a solid episode but i do think the ending of this is better than that but it's because it's something that you don't mm-hmm. expect it's kind of got that that um uh that perchance to dream type ending where it's just like boom um but mirror image is more across the board episode i i don't know uh i could see it 11 or 12 maybe so like what you need or allergy like in that area i liked it more than allergy but i think i also just pure ending wise third from the sun had a hell of an ending the rest of the, it was very top heavy like the ending the, the rest of the episode was kind of like yeah it's fine yeah but then the ending was just like hell yeah so just going off of endings alone it is it had a really good ending i mean this did too but third from the sun held a hell of an ending in fact yeah. i remember changing my rating on that episode because i was basing all my thoughts on just the ending if you take the ending away the whole episode was okay you had Wilson and you had a like a well-appointed yeah, house. Creepy guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you need is it better than what you need? I still feel like what you need had a lot more substance and things yeah. to talk about, like truthfully. But I thought it was better than Elegy. So I would say somewhere in that 11 or 12 as well. How about you, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to think. I, I don't think this is as good as what you need. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's about the same when it comes to like the shock value of what's going on. Because to be fairly honest, you were not expecting this guy to get hit by a car and his shoes to fall off. That's pretty <laughs> shocking in his own right. Um, Elegy, you can kind of see coming if you really think about it. It's pretty, you know, you, you kind of understand that these people are on this asteroid that is very livable apparently and the guy explains that they're there for a reason so you kind of see 
it coming and uh third from the sun i i, I would either put it above or below a third from the sun um, okay so like the way it looks now 12 or or third or 14 yeah but you said you like the third from the sun ending better but like would you put this above third from the sun because like it, the ending it's better. more evenly pasted right but yeah would you put it like yeah. above Overall, it because it's more it's evenly paced so- probably if i had to just look at because a minute ago you said just the ending yeah i think the ending third from the sun is that's a hell of an ending in my opinion i really like that ending but just episode apples to apples like episode from beginning to end they both have great great endings and while third from the sun's ending i did like better the entire episode i think here was better done it was executed a lot better so i would say maybe put it at 13 putting there from the sun down at 14 but then that does put elegy above it and i think it was better than elegy okay so let me but ask I mean, you guys this. I, I could concede no well, let me I, ask you this is this episode better or worse than what you need because i actually kind of agree with that putting it above elegy i, I don't think it's better than I what like you need what you need better yeah, yeah. So you think of what you right, need like right below it yeah i'd say so between what, what you, you need, need asked a lot of questions and had a lot of talking points, even though all we talked about was Van Evans. <laughs> <laughs> that car in the end, because that was amazing. But it did. It had a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about and just really get your gears to turning. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Um, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, this is going to get way more. I, I've gotten to a point on the, when I do the, 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 the list movement, so like that, where I'm going to have to do like a scroll down because the list is going to get so big. <laughs> that if you make it too small, nobody's gonna be able to fucking read it. So I gotta figure. I gotta figure out a new way to do that. There's a new inventive way to make a, a list. Might them, I? So. Might I recommend what I do whenever I need to integrate something like that onto my channel? Might I recommend explosions? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and a kid returning. You don't know what to do. Just blow it the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Just add explosions, and it makes everything better. Oh, absolutely. PNG do explosions. explosions to the screen. But do explosions in black and white have the same impact as explosions in color? You know what? You could go all fucking Sin City and have the explosion in color. Ooh. It'd be the only thing in color, and it would be like, oh my God, that's in fucking color, and we'll blow people's minds, really. You know what? That's you know what else? Podcast. You know what else you could do? You could have um, every single time, you could have Caswell like bust through that phone booth and break like the the thing i'm gonna start doing that i'm like explosion we're, we're gonna ask jacob is is this episode worth a phone booth crash uh, <laughs> or being thrown out of a fucking phone booth yeah either that or you could have <laughs> either that or you could have jeff announce it each time and yeah. he could just come on and say <laughs> 14 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fuck. So, uh, so we'll go ahead and end the episode. But with that said, uh, new number twelve is going to be execution. Uh, monsters. Is it thirteen? Fr- no, you're right. It's twelve. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't 12. mean to drop that. Sorry. It's taking the place of L- oh, son right. of a bitch. I know. I'm gonna go find myself a TV. Reveal theater is a son of a bitch. Where's the jukebox? So anyway. I hate this song. <laughs> Turn that Rebecca Black shit off. God damn it. Uh, 
so anyways new number one is monsters to do on maple street number 26 is the fever because uh, uh we don't have an itch for the fever anymore so next episode is fuck <laughs> <laughs> which is unusual um, for the 1960s i know right uh, but the next episode that we're going to be talking about is an episode that actually is quite divisive for an episode that uh, deals with a, a boxing individual. So it's called The Big Tall Wish, uh, directed by Ron Winston, starring or written by Rod Serling. Um, doesn't look like it has anybody I recognize, maybe Stephen Perry, but that might be from Aerosmith, so I might be mixing that up. So look Let's forward say, to that one. Aerosmith? <laughs> I guess I don't know, uh, but when we come back from our our break or whatever, look forward to that on the fourth, the twenty first of yep. March. If I think I got that right. So, anyways, we'll look forward to that. So that'll do it. Anyways, uh, yeah. So that'll do it for season one, episode twenty six. Yeah, twenty six, which is El Execution. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Let us know in the comments of any video that I post or uh comments in the Apple podcast what you thought what do you think of the episode as well? Because I hope you watch it long as long as we talk about it, that type of thing. That whatever wording I just came up with, I don't know. But um, just to let you know before we actually end the episode, we're gonna take a week off. There's a lot of things going on, especially with me and a film festival so like that. So this episode posts on March 7th. So we will not have an episode on March 14th, but we will be back on the 21st. Uh, so look out for that. It just give us a week break. I know we are uh, at the point where we are very loopy from doing this every week, but it'll give us a chance to take a week off or at least you guys will get a week off from the shenanigans that is a Twilight Zone. So anyways, with that said, uh, yeah, thank you so much for watching. Uh, Jacob. When they want to find your uh, content and uh, your Hugh Green, that seems to be your. Oh, he just like disappeared for a second. I'm like, uh oh, what job? <laughs> he's just like froze. He's like, my thing. My green. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, did? where did can I? They... <laughs> yeah, you were just like one uh... quick. You're like, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, where can they find your content at? You can find me at Jacob Andrews Reviews or Jacob Andrews Gaming on YouTube. Probably the Jacob Andrews reviews. Nobody subscribes to the other one. And you can find me at Red Neville 2 on Twitter, but mostly on YouTube. That's where I put all my content. And uh, by the time this comes out, I would have started doing daily content again instead of every other day. But I think I will be skipping one day a week, take a day off. That'll be nice. But I will be doing six videos a week, wow. if not more. And I will be also starting, I was setting it up today, probably maybe tomorrow tomorrow the next day somewhere in there um i will be uh starting more uh streams and content on my gaming channel that hopefully people will want to check out there as well excellent just don't get uh just don't get um what's that word when they give you money don't get the money from new aid because they will screw you over apparently so anyways yeah and, uh, buy from them yeah yeah new egg and uh, Triv, when they want to send you pictures of bat asses, where can they find you at? <laughs> Sorry. Um, you can find my stuff on... You can find my stuff. Sorry. Your bat <laughs> you, oh, now. Yeah. How is that right? <laughs> you can find... If you're, if you're looking for a place for your dictaphone... No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. Your dictaphone. 
dick and phone right here <laughs> oh man if you want to find my random oh, shit if you can want if you want to find my random assortment of content my random ass assortment um you can find me here on here on youtube at trivial theater um i will have uh, put up a review with nick here last week on uh, Abraham Lincoln versus zombies. And by the time this goes live, I will have done a collab with Monty G from the horror miser um, on deep rising. So make sure to check that out. And uh, you can also find me on uh, Twitter at trivia underscore chick. And clearly I am losing my marbles because yeah, I keep screwing up. <laughs> you found your marbles. I wish. And, okay. uh, it's what I do yeah. every day. I press <laughs> buttons and nothing happens <laughs> exactly you press my buttons all the time and i'm just like stop doing that trip <laughs> um anyway shrine exactly <laughs> fucking sexy oh. um anyways uh you can find me at movie emporium movie emporium on twitter once again we are an apple podcast subscribe there if you want to listen to the audio feed at the time of this release, I'll uh, post my Batman video, my Batman review that I've been holding dear to my chest for like five days now. So I'm super excited to get that out in the open to, you know, at this point, everybody has probably seen the movie by now. And, you know, Triv and, of course, Jacob are going to see the movie as well. So hopefully they enjoy it as much as I have um, at this point. So anyways, look out for that. That'll do it. That'll be our review of Execution. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, for myself, Triv, and Jacob, we'll see you on the next episode of The Fifth Dimension. Peace out. Peace, love, chicken grease. <laughs> I'm out this piece.